Welcome to the Human Performance Outliers podcast with your hosts, Dr. Sean Baker and Zach Bitter. At Human Performance Outliers podcast, we dive into a wide range of topics revolving around health, nutrition, and physical fitness. If you enjoy the show and wish to support us, please visit patreon.com forward slash HPO podcast. If you do not use Patreon but still wish to support us, please also consider checking out our PayPal page at paypal.me forward slash HPOpod. The link to both of those can also be found in the show notes. Finally, please consider subscribing to us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Now, on to the next topic. I know you're busy and I, and I feel your pain. I'm equally getting crazy and we all are, but it's good to get to Hey, no problem. Hell yeah. It's good to talk with you guys. Well, let's get record. We are recording. Keith, I just gonna, threw us I'm, up. So okay, we're, we're on we're here. Up. So Keith, I, are where are you? At? Are you in Austin or where are you? Where do you physically actually live? I know it's, I know Paleo yeah. Fex is in Austin, but where are you at? Right in in Austin, Barton Hills. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm taking him from Barton Hills. Did you grow yeah. up there? No, San Antonio. Oh well, you're, you're yeah, pretty yeah. close. Yeah, like I, I think I told you, I went to UT Austin. Right. I love Austin. Man. That's a great that that whole corridor between te- you know uh, Austin and San Antonio and the you know. You got San, you know, San Marcos and all that, and right. you know, and then uh, New, New Braunfels and then some of the surrounding Fredericksburg, that whole area. That's in my view, that's the best, my favorite part of Texas. You know, I, I, I love it here, man. I, you know, went to high school here and went to, went to Clark high school in San Antonio back when that was the boonies of San Antonio. I mean, that was, that was the sticks. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not that way now, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, we were the redneck kids uh, back in the day and then uh, went to school at, Southwest Texas State for those of us that went. Yeah, back in I remember day. that. I, I dated yeah. a girl down there. I remember I was right. in UT Austin dating a girl Southwest, and now it's now it's Texas State. But uh, right, back yeah, in the, back in the day, you know. Yeah, man, played uh, played football back in the uh, uh, the end of the Jim Wacker days. So that was, uh, it was a cool experience. Cool, awesome. Yeah. So let me ask you because you know, obviously, well, we want to get into the, the the paleo effect stuff, but I mean, I most. I don't. I don't really know your background much beyond that you're the paleo effects dude. You know, right. you and your wife and stuff like that. So tell us a little bit about about Keith Norris. You know, what what your story is. How did you, you know, initially get into this stuff? I mean, you know, what drove you to what you're doing now? Well, Sean, like a lot of people, you know, like I said, um, was a, a lifelong athlete. Uh, played football, kickboxed, ran track and field uh, back in the day. Uh, scholarship athlete at uh, Southwest Texas State, played football there, defensive back. Um, after my playing days were done, I went into the military because I, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be in the boys club and that was the way to stay in the boys club was to join the military. Nine, nine years in Uncle Sam's Navy um, during the end of the Cold War, got to see the wall come down. Um, and the, the entire time I would remain very, very interested in training and diet and anything that could increase human performance, psychology, all of that. I was very, very into it. Had I been of the same mindset nowadays, I would have definitely gone into strength and conditioning. The problem was back in the eighties, you would starve to freaking death. If that was your, if that was your career path, um, I had a family young, I had to, uh, you know, I had two kids very, very young. Uh, both my wife and I, uh, it was just very young. I mean, I had my first kid when we were 20 years old and she was 19. And so I had to provide for a family. I couldn't, you know, the strength and conditioning route wasn't going to pay the bill. So the military would went into the military nine years there, still training very, very hard, trained people in the military. Um, 
left the military after nine years and went to work for, of all things, the pharmaceutical industry. Um, because I thought at that time, very naively, that that was the place that I could help people, right? I knew absolutely nothing. I was brainwashed just like everybody else, thinking that pharmaceuticals were the way to go. Um, but as I rose through the ranks in the pharmaceutical industry and got to peek behind the screen, I got to see how things operated. And um, I happened to, the last pharmaceutical I worked for, happened to be in all things diabetes. So insulin, all injectables, anything you can think about in the medical sense, it had to deal with diabetes. That was who I worked for. And I became very, very disillusioned. And uh, long story short, in 2008, uh, Michelle, who was also in the, uh, she wasn't in the pharmaceutical industry, but she was definitely in corporate America. Um, we both kind of had this falling out with a quote unquote American dream. Um, because we got train wrecked during the 2008 financial crisis. And we said anything but this. We didn't know what we were going to do, um, but we knew it wasn't going to be corporate America. Um, a year later, as we were developing our exit plan, we had a, a daughter who was in college at the time, and she died in an auto accident. And um, so now we're financially devastated and we have an emotional devastation with a daughter that's, that's now deceased. And uh, obviously the grief of that was, was, I mean, I can't even describe it, but it was, we were in a hell hole during that time. But the one positive, and Michelle and I are all about looking for the positive, the positive of that was we were fearless at that point. Um, so bankruptcy to us at that point meant nothing. Um, and so we bailed on corporate America, our only safety net at that point. We bailed. Um, I knew training. Michelle knew uh, food. She was a chef. And so we set out on our own, moved to Austin, set up camp. I opened gyms. She opened a catering company and we were off and running. And we just bootstrapped ourselves back up. That was uh, 2010 ish. By 2012, we um, had the, the we had the idea for Paleo FX in 2011. Six month runway in 2012, we threw the first event. 800 people showed up. 12 vendors, two of which could actually pay us anything to be on the vendor floor, and we were off and running. Uh, just to give you an idea, last year at Paleo FX, you were there, Sean. 8,000 people, um, just about 200 vendors and exhibitors. So that's kind of been the trajectory for us. And we're happy to, happy to be in the field and happy to be playing. Yeah, Keith, back, you know, it was 2011, 2010. I think the, uh, uh, you know, the was pretty limited. I mean, there weren't a lot of these, these events weren't really going on. You guys were really kind of in this nutrition and health space. I mean, right. particularly with regard to things like a paleo diet, which is, you know, obviously was starting to, to ramp up. Right. And then courtesy of guys like Rob Wolf and of course, right. Ron Cadane and those people that, that, that kind of done research on this and kind of funny, interestingly, you know, when I was, when I was playing rugby in Denver, Colorado, when I was in, when I was in the military, I was, as my side job was to play military, was play rugby for the armed forces team. Right. I also played for a team in Denver. And one of our, one of our players was a guy named uh, Mike Smith, I believe his name. And he was, he was this crazy guy. I remember on the team he was from England and he was eating this weird diet. He's eating a lot of, a lot of like food pretty frequently doing these short high intensity belt bouts of exercise. And he was telling me about this paleo diet. And this is, this is in 1990, oh, 97, no, not right. before that, 99, it was probably early 90, 95 or so. And, right. he was, and he said he was working with this guy named Mark Cardane out of, out of, you know, out of, yep. I, think, I think he's up in Boulder, I can't remember where he's in Boulder or something like that. But 
he was telling me about this stuff. I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting, kind of weird, you know, but <laughs> that's when my first exposure to this stuff was. But so tell me about like when you guys first, like we're going to make this big event. Um, what inspired you to try that as opposed to like any other routes you could have, you could have gone through and where was it for, was it held? I mean, now it's in the Palmer center, which is this, right. as, as you, as, I don't know if, I don't know if you saw my speech, but the last time I had been in that building building previously, I was doing a, uh, you know, a college crazy boxing match with, <laughs> right. you know, and it was, it was we you know, talked about that. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> and that was the last time I was there. Now it's right. not, I've been repurposed for these, these, these events, but uh, so yeah. what was it, what was it, what, what, what was like the decision we're going to make, we're going to do this rather than right. something else. Speaking of the boxing match real quick, I think we talked about, was that the Kappa Sig fight night that they used to have? It was. The, uh, it was some frat. You know, I was in something right. like Texas Wranglers, which wasn't, it wasn't really a fraternity, right. but we entered these things. And I, and I was a guy that was stupid enough to be to sign up to do boxing. And I, I, right. went to, I went to this gym in East Austin over there. I think it was around, like I think, 11th Street or something like that on the east side of I-35. And it was kind of a rough neighborhood. And I went in there and boxed and I trained, you know, multiple times a week and I would get in there with these pro fighters that would just kick my ass, you know, these little guys and I come in my jaw I'd be all right up and I couldn't eat. And I was like, this is, there's gotta be a better way to make a living than getting your head punched in. But, <laughs> but I did it. And, you know, I, I got to where I was, you know, at least passable as at least a beginning boxer. And, and it ended up being a, you know, cause my, my opponent didn't show up as well. <laughs> cause I'd already sparred with the guy and I'd kind of cleaned him out pretty well. So he didn't even bother to show up. And so right. Earl, Earl Campbell was uh, the announcer and he'd been, you know, he was probably had 10 drinks in him by the time my match came up. Him right. a guy. And I ended up, I ended up boxing the ring card girls, which were top of the stands, you know, so it was kind of, kind of a funny story. Almost like paleo FX. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just the same thing happens at paleo FX. Right? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, what was he? Oh, where was the first event? So the first event. Uh, so how did it come to be? We, Michelle and I, were going to conference after conference after conference. It had to do with anything in the health and wellness space. You know, this is our new sphere, and so we were just going to conferences. We, if if Michelle and I have any superpower at all, it is networking. We just know people. That's our, you know, that's that's our genius. We know people. We're able, we're able to connect dots and. You know, you need to meet this person. You guys could do business together. You know, just, I don't know why, but that's, that's just our makeup. Um, and we would go to conference after conference after conference. In 2011, the um, Ancestral Health Symposium was going on at uh, UCLA in LA. Um, I spoke at that conference. It was one of the few non-academic people to present at this conference, which was a very academic conference. This was uh, papers being delivered by people such as Lauren Cordain, um, you know, and uh, uh, Rob Wolf, and these types of people who actually have letters after their names, <laughs> who, who would be considered academics and can present. I just did a, uh, a presentation on um, fitness and how fitness would play into this whole ancestral living idea. Anyway, it was a great conference. It was the first time that many of the people within this, this uh, loosely grouped together paleo mindset tribe had come together and could actually meet each other in person. First time I met Rob Wolf in person. First time I met a lot of these people in person. Um, Michelle and I uh, were flying back to Austin and we were on a, uh, on a Southwest airline flight sitting on the tarmac as one usually does at LAX waiting, waiting in line to, uh, to take off. And we thought, you know, if, uh, if we were to put on a conference, what would it look like? You know, this was a very academic conference. We got a lot out of it, but the normal lay person, you know, it's way over their heads. 
you know, they can't, there, there's nothing they can actually put into action tomorrow, right? And we're all about rubber meets the road. What can you actually do to enhance your performance to where it's not all just ethereal theory? What can you actually do? And, you know, we discussed it and talked about it. And we came up on, literally on the back of the napkin, back of the Southwest Airlines napkin, we came up with an idea of a mastermind where we bring in a handful of people. You know, we bring in, you know, maybe a hundred people who are interested in hearing about it. We put it on at the gym and we'd see how it goes. Um, so we ran with that, that idea. First person we called was Rob Wolf. Hey, Rob, we've got this idea for this mastermind, uh, but we need a headliner. Would you be willing to come in and be the headliner so we can sell tickets and actually make this thing, you know, kick it off? And Rob said, uh, I have no idea what you're trying to do, but hey, I, you know, if I can stay, at, uh, stay with you guys and hang out in Austin for a week, I'm down, whatever, put me to work. And we were off and running. That was the first event. Uh, as it as it turned out, we ended up with it looked like oh shit, this is getting way more than a hundred people. Now we have to find a place to actually put this on. Um, in in our in a moment of absolute idiotic, <laughs> the stupidest decision we've ever made as event planners, and we've made many, believe me. We decided to put this first show on right in the middle of South by Southwest because <laughs> hey, Austin's flooded with people at South by Southwest. What a great idea! absolute worst idea in the world. If you need any piece of AV equipment, you're out of luck. You are shit out of luck. We would call people, Hey, you know, we need stage lights. We need cameras. We need, you know, whatever. And people would literally laugh at us. Do you know what's going on <laughs> in your hometown? <laughs> Sorry, you're going to have to go to Waco or San Antonio to get anything. Um, anyway, so that hey, was, Keith, the, that was hey, the first Keith, show. Keith, let me just interrupt you. So people, yeah. many people don't know what South by Southwest is. And right. Right. What that is real quick. Yeah, so South by Southwest started off as a music festival here in Austin many, many years ago. It uh, has since ballooned into music, um, interactive, so you can think of all things uh, internet-related, digital marketing, um, things like Twitter were debuted at South by Southwest back in the day, um, and film. So they also have a film festival that goes on. It's a 13-day, uh, it's almost a two-week extravaganza that just throttles downtown Austin. It's a fabulous event. And most people who live in Austin get the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> get the hell out of Dodge during that time. Um, there's spring break at UT and all the high schools in Austin are on spring break during that time to be able to absorb all the people coming into town for this event. And so their parents can get out of town if they want to and businesses shut down. It, it, it's just impossible to do business in downtown unless you're some way associated with the, the festival. We ended up at the, uh, at the uh, Museum of Physical Culture, which you may, may know about this, Sean, at the UT. Um, the Terry Todd, stadium. you know, the, the right, late, Terry, late Todd. Terry Todd sort of thing. Right. Yeah, sure, right, yeah. Right, so we were able to, we were able through uh, some contacts we had to be able to secure that space and put on the event there. And that, and that was the first event we had. It was um, an absolute financial train wreck but it was a fundamental success. Everybody we talked to said, oh my God, we want more of this. And Michelle and I at that point were faced with, well, I think we've got a good idea, great feedback, great show. But uh, if, we were, if we were in bad financial shape before this, we are in seriously bad financial shape now. Um, and so we rolled the dice for the second year simply to see if we could break even. And that was, we were, it was like being at Vegas. 
It was like, we're down. Do we, do we tuck tail and run, take our losses, or do we, you know, do the Vegas gambling thing and roll the dice one more time and see what happens? We chose to roll the dice one more time, and we were off and running after that. Second year, we made some smart business decisions not to hold the event during South by Southwest. We pushed it out into April, uh, moved to Palmer that year. And uh, second year, we, we made up enough ground to, over the two years, collectively, we broke even. And we were off and running at that point. And you know, we haven't looked back. And re really, Sean, what it was and what it still is, is Michelle and I put on the show that we would want to attend. And we've always, that's always what we've done. You know, we want an interactive show. We want a very, very vibrant floor. Uh, we want a great vibe. We want people to, to be able to put whatever it is they learn, to be able to put it into action immediately. And we want to have some ruckus after parties. And that's paleo effects. If you could, if you could think of an intersection, it would be uh, the paleo lifestyle meets burning man. That's kind of what we try to put on. Keith, you mentioned that like with, uh, you know, one of the, I guess maybe hurdles with something like that too, is like, you know, you want to get into the weeds. You want to share where like in the science and the research is at, but you also want to have like actionable items for people to right. walk away with. Are you finding that like, with uh with the people attending now that it's that big you kind of need to have like these segments of like kind of quick bite size like this is like this is what you can do if you wanted to say start this approach to nutrition or this lifestyle tomorrow right and do like what are some of those like kind of go-to ones for you well we run the gamut so we have um i mean we'll have very very introductory level talks people coming in giving talks on why would you want to limit carbohydrate intake and especially refined carbohydrate intake? You know, why would you want to do that? Everything from just the, the basics all the way up to some super high intellectual gut brain interaction talks and everything in between. So there's something for everybody, wherever they come in, they're going to get actionable items. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the biggest takeaway that people get when they come to the show outside of the information, because really you can get the information for free. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one thing in this day and age, if you're looking for information, credible information, even it's on you to be able to vet that information. So you're going to have to think critically, but that information is out there. If we're just talking about pure X's and O's scientific studies, yada, 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 you're going to get that. You can find that, but what you can never find online is a tribe and people thrive in interaction we have so many people come up and tell us, you know what? I live in uh, Peoria, Illinois, and there is no one in my circle, people who I hang with, who thinks like this, acts like this, lives this, this lifestyle. And I come to PaleoFX because that is my tribe. I get energy from that, and I can take actionable steps away and hopefully change my little corner of the world. If I can change one other person, get them on board with me. So that's the biggest thing that we see from the attendees at PaleoFX is that that's what they come for. What year, and Keith, could I, I, forgive me if I don't know, I've gotten a bunch of emails from you, but I don't know, what year number is this for you guys? So this is the, uh, this will be the ninth event coming up, the 10th year of existence. And, and last year, I think, as I recall, it was something like 8,000 or so, something 8, 000, like that. Yep. So that's huge. I mean, that's 8,000 attendees, yeah. That's it's a huge pretty, event. Yeah, pretty big step from the first year where we had, uh, it, it, it's actually under 800, it was 700 and change, but we like, go ahead and round up to 800 because <laughs> the, the comparison between 800 and 8,000 sounds, you know, people can grasp that. 
Yeah, so that's a, you know, what is it, a thousand percent increase or something right. like that. Right, not so, bad, not bad. So it's pretty good growth. If my, um, if my strength gains could go up like that. I'd yeah, yeah, good. I mean, for the first week, <laughs> for the first week they do, and then after that, <laughs> right. yeah, good luck. Um, you know, it's kind of funny, my uh, son goes to school with this other kid, and I went to a birthday party, and the, the gal that, her mom, his mom was asking me, you know, if I knew something about paleo effects. And I said, yeah, actually, I spoke to her last year. And she was like, worked with you guys on your media, on your social media campaign. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm blanking on her name right now, but I was at her party. She knew all about you guys. And like, we, we helped them get this stuff going on. And so you guys have a very, obviously a very uh, efficient, uh, you know, you know, marketing thing, which is obviously right. crucial to making the success. You have to be able to let people know where you're at. Tell me about, uh, because there's an event that's it's it's this two day event or maybe it's kind of three days probably when you come when you get it all right. in, all mixed in together and that's that that's the focus but beyond that there's other stuff that seems to be going on or at least you know there's stuff that you guys are that are in, involved in and because I can't imagine just your whole you know year being based on just just a three day thing you you've got other things you probably have your hands in so tell us a little bit of stuff that that's outside of the event. Right. So we have a business ma uh, mastermind that takes place the day before Paleo FX. It'll take place on the Thursday. It's always the Thursday prior to the show. That's called Health Entrepreneur FX. The idea with that is Michelle and I have always considered what we do at Paleo FX as being the wrecking ball, right? We're here to tear down the old paradigm, to completely wreck it, and to give people credible new information that is counter to the paradigm that they've been uh, shovel fed their entire lives. And I, I know, Sean, you, you, you're well, <laughs> you're fighting that fight too, right? Every day. Um, but we also realized that uh, something has to be rebuilt in the wake of that crumbling paradigm. And it's, it is our vision that that is going to be rebuilt by entrepreneurs who have credible information, credible products, a credible business plan that is able to recreate a new business model that can support the new paradigm. That's the only way it's going to get rebuilt. And what we found through the first couple of years of Paleo FX is in fact, there are plenty of passionate people out there. They have great ideas, um, great products, but passion does not equal expertise, right? And so what happens is these people will start a business and they just don't have the business chops to be able to pull it off or to get it to scale to where they need to be. So we provide a mastermind, Health Entrepreneur FX, for businesses that are like that and entrepreneurs who are like that. I've got a passion. I might have a little bit of business chops, but I, you know, I don't have it all. And so we bring in speakers to be able to support these people and help them and get them their business off and running because we want to see them succeed. So we have that going on. Um, we also have a show in London, Health Optimization. Um, it's more biohacking centric because that's what that demographic wants. And there's a lot of reasons behind why that is that we can talk about if you want to dive into that. But um, we're in a partnership with uh, Upgrade Labs, which is a spinoff of uh, Bulletproof and another entity, Health Optimization in London. Uh, we had the uh, first event last September. It was a, it was a, Success, great success. Any show that breaks even the first year is a success. Uh, events are like restaurants where you just figure you're going to take it and you're going to take it on the chin for the first three years. You're going to have to figure out a way to get the, through the first three years before you can turn a profit. If you're going to turn a profit at all, most events are lost leads for another, uh, you know, another business. 
Um, but ours is not. Ours is a profitable business, and it has that has been our mainstay. Um, and yeah, to answer your point, so we've got uh, those things going on, but it takes a year and a half of planning to put on one show at Paleo FX. So uh, right now we're planning years ahead, even though we have a show coming up here in a couple of months. And even just saying that, my stomach dropped. <laughs> we have a counter on our website and I just every time I'm like can you please take that counter off the website it's killing me every time I see that I'm like oh my god um yeah so there's a lot going on to answer your question we have a very very passionate team they're tight-knit and they work their asses off for us and they're incredible yeah Keith you know as someone who is you know kind of gone from a particular field, you know, as, as, as somebody who's in the medical field, as a surgeon for, for a long time, and then now is finding myself more and more into a, to, a, to a somewhat related, but a totally different position, you know, I'm just became, you know, we just launched a company that I'm, I'm of it, and you know, it's, it's busy, there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, I'm, right. you know, I'm, I'm constantly multitasking, answering emails, responding, you know, I know, I know you're no different. Right. And, and, you know, looking at you, you're, you're, you know, you're fit, you're in shape. I don't know how old you are, but I know you're not 25 and you're right. not a hundred, but you're somewhere in between. What do you do? How do you, how do you make that work for you day in and day out? What's your routine? You know, as far as how, you know, what do I, what do I put the priority on? I mean, there's people that right. are like optimize everything. And it, if you listen to them, you'd spend 12 hours a day standing in front of red lights and cold therapy and, you know, preparing <laughs> meals. And, you know, I mean, you can't do it all. I mean, you can't. So what do you, what do you find that's, that's gets you the most bang for the buck and, and how does your sort of day go or week go? I guess yeah, it's more representative. Right. For overall health, I mean, I do have to go bang for the buck because I am a busy, busy dude. Um, so what does bang for the buck look like outside of the gym? So I, I kind of split it in two different. I eat right. Number one, I put a heavy priority on eating right. And for me, eating right means cutting out all the crap out of my diet. Right. I, I eat as close to the land as possible. Some days that looks very carnivore. Some days that looks very keto. Some days that might even look quote unquote plant-based, but I always have protein and fat involved, right? I know plant-based is a big flag word right now that kind of doesn't mean anything, right? Vegetarians could say they're plant-based. Someone like Chris Kresser could say he's plant-based and they're both right. And they both just butt heads. So that's first. I don't sweat the small stuff. Right. If I'm out at a party, I'm going to have some tequila. Right. If I'm going to drink, I skew myself more towards white alcohols, clear alcohols. Right. Because it just, you know, the tannins and the others and mess me up. And I know that. Um, but I do not cut back on my partying because I'm a healthy 55 year old individual who has kind of earned the right to hang out and have a good time because I'm healthy. Otherwise, I put a priority on my sleep. I've and I always have not knowing, but, um, you know, not having my aura ring to track it back in the day, but just knowing, Hey, when I get solid sleep, I feel great. I'm ready to rock and roll. It's not rocket science, right? You start cutting back on that. You're going to pay the consequences. It's not rocket science. So I prioritize eating. I prioritize sleep. And when we, uh, look at the, uh, at the workout side of things, I prioritize heavy lifting, right? And that's just the 80, 20 rule of lifting weights. Today, for example, I had exactly 30 minutes to get, to trying to squeeze stuff in. I've got 37, 30 minutes to get in the gym and get the frig out. Now, what am I going to do? What's going to be the most bang for the buck? For me, that was heavy overhead presses, 
in heavy rows, back to back, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I don't fuck around a whole lot with jumping around between a whole lot of exercises. I pick two bang for the buck exercises and rip them out. And I go, and I go heavy right now. If I have more time on the workout side of things, obviously I, you know, I'm doing, start incorporating more higher rep stuff so that I can take care of my connective tissue, right? You go heavy and hard all the time. That's great, but your connective tissue suffers. So I have to keep that in mind. And it's just an ongoing reel in my mind. If I have extra time, I do some stuff for my connective tissue. If I'm, if I'm, um, you know, time crunched, which I am a lot, I've got to go hard, heavy, and fast and get the hell out of Dodge. But I always get it in because I always feel a ton better, even if it's like it was today, 30 minutes. This episode of Human Performance Outliers podcast is brought to you by BioOptimizer's P3OM. P3OM is a probiotic that stands out. Reason being is unlike most probiotics, it doesn't just pass through your system. P3OM strain doubles every 20 minutes and maintains in the human digestive system. This allows it to eliminate pathogens and waste before it is safely eliminated from your system. The folks at BioOptimizers are confident you will be satisfied, so they offer a 365-day money-back guarantee on all of their products. Go to www.p3om.com forward slash human. That's p3om.com forward slash human and enter promo code human10 for 10% off your next order. For links, check the show notes. Now, back to the show. Keith, you kind of highlighted a couple of things I think are interesting. And the one is just like focusing on kind of so, some of those big movers with just like you know, right. having an overall healthy nutrition is going to get you most of the way. And then if you, you know, if you do go out and have some fun with some friends, like, you know, just, you know, reasonably doing it reasonably, right. and, you know, don't, you don't need a 12 pack of Bud Light, <laughs> you know, no. to do that. Or like the other thing to maybe think about too, is just like, what I think is interesting is when you get busy like that, sometimes for me, I'll notice that I just get more efficient. So instead of, instead of wasting 30 minutes to do a 30 minute workout, it's like, you're there, you're done and you're on to the next thing. And sometimes right. I like that. Cause then you're just, you, at the end of the day, yeah, you were busy and maybe on paper, maybe looked too stressful, but in reality, you just really got efficient with it and got your stuff done. And then you can kind of sit back and, and be proud of that. And it's kind of a rewarding right. thing. And it's, so here's the other thing too. People will, you know, they'll, they'll want to see what my workouts look like in a week. And I'll just, I mean, it takes me about two seconds generally to write that out. And they look at it and they're like, really? Deadlifts, overhead presses, dips? And it's, it's the you know, people don't want to hear it. It's not magic, man. And it's not rocket science. I mean, you pick the, the big movers and you work the hell out of them. It's, so I always say it's easy on paper difficult in execution, right? Mm -hmm. If I just have deadlifts on the paper, it's not, I'm not fucking around with lightweights and high reps. I'm building up to heavy ass weights, right? So I might just have deadlifts on there, but my deadlifts are going to look a lot different than someone in the Globo gym with 25. <laughs> you know what I'm So there's a huge difference be between that, but that's the thing. So I, I find everywhere I can to be efficient. Right. I load up one bar. What can I do with this one bar loaded very, very heavy? And we're off and running. I think 
I think a lot of my mindset, so I studied martial arts when I was young and I was a big fan of Bruce Lee. And I really, for, for whatever reason, Bruce Lee spoke to me as a, as a kid. I don't mean literally spoke to me, but I read everything he wrote. I watched everything about him. I just studied him very, very hard. And his overriding philosophy with martial arts and just about everything was cut away. Cut, you don't have to add. Yours is to cut away, slice, you know, get rid of, get rid of, get rid of. That that's not working for you, get rid of it. And you just peel back, peel back the onion till you get to the essence of whatever it is. And I think if, if there's a train wreck for anybody that's getting ready to happen, they're majoring in minors. And that's easy to do in this information glut age, right? So someone comes to me, like, it's like, what's your, what's your supplement program look like? And I'm like, hold on on my supplement program. What's your diet look like? Mm. Right? Because <clears throat> that's the, that's the easiest thing. Well, you know, my diet is shoddy. Well, then why, are you, why the hell are you worried about supplementing? <laughs> you have to peel back, peel back, peel back, get your diet nailed. Then we can talk about supplementation. But until you peel away all of that, it's of no use, right? Majoring in minors doesn't help anybody. Yeah, it's an important concept and one that comes up quite a bit. You know, I, I say that all the time. I mean, we have to look at the big picture, you know, and we get so many people that they get paralyzed by all this analysis and they get conflicting data overall. And it, it's, it's a pretty clear there's something called the basics. They're there for a reason, you know, whether it's squats, bench, deadlift, overhead right. press from the gym, those things, you know, we, we, we've done this, we've run the tests on that, you know, millions of times and, and all the lifters that have done this successfully will tell you the same story for the most part. You know, the ones that have a program they want to sell you might have their special tweaks, but really it's, it's, you can get this information very free and it's very right. efficient, you know, and I, I was just at this conference and there was a gal that had this new antioxidant screening hand test where you could test to see what your carotenoid levels were in your blood. And I'm like, well, I don't eat them. So I don't expect it to be high. And, right. you know, sure enough, I tested it and it was low. And then she's like, well, you know, you could raise those by taking our supplements. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> what does that even mean to right. me long-term? You know? And it's just like, right. <clears throat> we have these people that are obsessively focused on this one thing we can measure and we, we we really don't have any long-term data on this stuff so that kind of right. drives me crazy like well, what about this what about this well i say what about just just being healthy in general and being satisfied with looking in the mirror and, and going from day to day and seeing progress and it's it's uh you know yeah sometimes they, you have to talk people off the ledge on some of this stuff right and the other side of it sean is the the mental duress that i see people put themselves through in trying to figure all of this out right and so I wear an aura ring and it's, you know, I like it. I look at the data every now and again, pretty much it just reinforces what I already feel. I kind of like to track my sleep, you know, but what I do with it is I wake up and I ask myself, am I ready to rock and roll today? Let me, you know, deep dive, listen to my body. Am I ready to rock and roll today? And I assess that. Am I, am I not? Am I somewhere in between? Yada, yada. And this is how I feel. Bam. I look at my ordering data and, oh, check that out. I had a great night's sleep. I didn't have a good night's sleep. My uh, body temperature was raised. My uh, resting heart rate was up. Um, or if it's normalized and down and, you know, my heart rate variability is right in line, I can pretty much predict what it's going to tell me. But mm -hmm. it's from me listening to my body first and then going, oh, yeah, verification. How cool is that? Okay. Right off. I could take this thing off, throw it away, and I would be no worse for the wear. 
Yeah, we had Mark Sisson on the podcast a while ago, and he basically kind of echoed the same thing. He said, if my happiness depends upon me wearing some wearable, shoot me. You know, and, and I right, think that's right. the case. And I mean, and honestly, you know, when I wake up after a good night of sleep, I'm ready to go. I mean, I don't need something other than that to tell me, you know. You know right, exactly. When I walk into the gym and I feel good, I know I'm going to have a good workout. Right. And it's, it's the same thing. I mean, sometimes once in a while you surprise yourself. You get in the gym, you're like, I don't feel that good, and you still have a good one anyway. But I mean right. – yeah, but sleep is so incredibly important. I think that is, as we're seeing, more and more people are understanding that, but less and less people actually do it, you know, because we're so, now, so attached to look, studying, I, our, studing our cell phone and to figure out what, we, what supplement we need, we need to take up until 11 o'clock at night. Right. You know, we should just be getting a damn night of sleep. Or it's, or it's the, you know, the old Protestant work ethic, right? Of, you know, just work, 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 and... You know, there's about like in anything in life, there's a balance. There's a yin and yang. Um, you know, one foot in chaos, one in stability. All of these, all of these, uh, you know, metaphors that we can use. But I, I can tell you one aspect of wearables that that I see are useful. So back when I was training, I don't train anymore. Um, I don't train clients anymore. But back when I was training, in order to get someone to dial into their own bodies and to learn to listen to them. Yes, I would wear, I would suggest wearables and we would track that. And I would ask him, how do you feel today? Don't look at the data. I don't want you to look at the data. How do you feel today? Now let's check against the data. How do you feel today? Let's check against the data. And after a while, people are so divorced from listening to their bodies for the most part, they don't even know, which was shocking to me when, when I first got into the training realm. I was like, seriously, people, I mean, your body is telling you something every second of the day if you will just dial in and listen. But people were divorced from that for, you know, for whatever reason. And so you, I would use wearables as a device to get them back on track and have them listen to their own bodies. And to a, to a person, to a client, after a while, they could have just thrown the wearables away. That's a good point, too. I think like you're right where that intuition gets lost and it gets right. lost in life. It gets lost. And we, we also get used to kind of seeing like these real, like kind of transparent, like, like guiding principles, I think sometimes too. So like, even if someone knows, like, I don't really sleep well, the thing that actually pushes them to make an actual move is when that, that, that ring or that wearable says, Hey, you're really sleeping bad. And this is right. why you're feeling bad. <laughs> you know? So I think sometimes it, it, it definitely helps you, connect those dots and really become more intuitive. Right. And then it kind of becomes a, the next stage of that is like what you were saying, where then it becomes kind of a fun game of how well can I predict it based on my own intuition. And then once you've done that enough times, you kind of some semi lose interest in looking at it every day. And then maybe you just spot check after a while. Right. You know, and to bring this back around to Bruce Lee, he had a great quote back in the day. It was, you know, when I first started training, a punch was just a punch. A kick was just a kick. The more I learned the methodologies, a punch was way more than a punch and a kick was way more than a kick. And now that I've reached mastery, a punch is just a punch and a kick is just a kick. And, and that was his way of saying in, in the learning process, people go through this, right? There has that middle period is just where you're inundated with information and you're trying to make sense of it. You're swimming with it and you're trying to apply it and do all of these things. And if you're lucky and if you do it right, you come out the other side where none of that shit matters right? It's just an automatic body reaction, or you've learned to listen to your body and you know how to course correct on the fly. I don't need data, right? To Sean's point, I can walk into the gym without having, without having, you know, looked at any data 
get a feel, take a couple reps of whatever exercise. And I'm like, yep, today's the day. Today's a PR day. Or you know what? I need to back off a little bit. And that's just time in the trenches and listening to my body. Let me shift gears a little bit, Keith. How is it working with your wife? I mean, that, that to me might be, <laughs> like, I, I know this is a question. It's kind of a dangerous question, but I mean, you know. It's a trap. Yeah, because <laughs> a lot of people say working with family is, do you guys, feel, I, mean, I assume you guys are still together, married, and right. still working together, so it's got to yeah. be working out. But do you find that, yeah. you know, I mean, what's your overall opinion on that? No homicides yet, although, you know, things could change. I could walk downstairs after this and, and have a shotgun to the chest. I don't know. Um, it is both the most exciting thing that we, have a couple, we as a couple have done, and it's the most challenging thing that we've done as a couple. Just, Sean, you know, running a business in and of itself is challenging, much less to try to do it with your, with your life partner. Um, we we have created so there's there's a couple things we've created paleo fx to where michelle handles most of the operations and the the speaker scheduling side of it and doing all that and i handle most of the marketing side and so we've been very smart about um and not having a whole lot of overlap mm. right uh, we still have overlap obviously there's still the thirty thousand foot um view of the uh, theme of the show and how the show is going to go and all of that um but we try to limit where we might butt heads on that kind of stuff. She runs the show on the operations side. I run the show on the, on the marketing side. And so that, that's one way. That's a practical way that we go about doing it. Um, the other side of it is, is, you know, we've, we've been through the fire already. Like I said, you know, near bankruptcy in 2008, loss of a daughter, all of these. We've had some severe challenges in our relationship that, you know, running a business together really isn't that big a deal. I mean, yes. Do we argue about stuff? Oh my God. You should see when we throw down about, about difference of opinion on direction of the show. It's, it is epic. And believe me, two type A personalities who are super passionate about what they do. If they disagree, there's going to be fireworks, but we've also figured out a way between us on how to disagree and still be respectful. And that's, that's important no matter if you're running a business with your significant other or not, just being able to go, I hear you. I disagree. I love you. <laughs> I disagree. Um, we can, we can either, you know, continue to hash this out or we can let it lie for a while and come back to it. Um, are we perfect about that? No, because like I say, we're both hot heads, type A personalities. <laughs> we can, both of us can, both of us can go offline pretty quick, but we're good now about bringing it back center line. In fact, um, uh, Michelle and I were at a mastermind last week out in Los Angeles with, with Bo Eason. And um, we, we were talking about the questions that as entrepreneurs, we get asked the most. And that is the number one question that Michelle and I get asked the most. If we're doing any kind of talk together, it's how do you guys do this and still stay married? And uh, yeah, I mean, we've even done workshops on it. We'll probably do more workshops in the, in the future on that. And it, we just, took it for granted, right? It was just, well, this is the way we roll and this must be the way other people roll who are in business together, but it's not. And people, people lack those tools and, you know, no one taught us these tools. It was just going through the fire together and, and saying, you know what, above and beyond everything else, we have decided to put our relationship as a premium. And so when it comes down to it, that, that is the, 
that is what we put the premium on. Do you guys like, I mean, cause you know, obviously when you're in a career, you, you know, sometimes you can, you can set it aside for a while, but with you both at the same career at home, do you guys like say, Hey, it's 5 PM, no <laughs> paleo talk, or, or do you guys have a set aside rule of that? Or is it just kind of, yeah, you know, we've tried that. Um, and it doesn't work. I mean, you can't, it, Really, I mean, if you're running a business, that business is in your mind 24-7, 365. Now, there are days, nights, evenings where we're like, we both agree, hey, look, today or, you know, next Tuesday, we're shutting this down at six and we're going to go out and party and whatever. Or this weekend, we're off grid and we're, you know, we're, and so we'll do that intermittently. But we found, and, and it's more so on my side than it is her side. Um, I, I'm a person who, who can work uh, 365 days a year if I have an hour a day or so to hit the gym or do whatever it is, you know, whether I'm going to go out and do sprints, whatever, some form of workout. If I, can, if I can get that hour in, I can go 365, man, and just keep right on, right on going. But I have to have that. She's not that way, right? For her, she can get all of her stuff done during the day, but she's got to cut it off in the early afternoon. She's got to be done, bam. That's how she works. And that's just our innate natural wiring. That's just how we roll. So we have to be able to find a marriage between those two. Um, so yeah, it's just a, it's a give and take there. Keith, um, this is one thing I think is, a, is, a, is an interesting sort of topic. So we talk about, you know, there's paleo and then there was primal and keto and now there's this carnivore stuff. And, you know, we've got this, this is a fad diet and this is a label and paleo gets sort of put in this corner. And these are the products that have been developed due to that. What do you see with the longevity of paleo? And do you see it as, a, you know, because anytime you put a name on something and people try right. to define it, 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 it limits you a little bit. And do you see that there's, there's an enduring power of if you want to put a name on a paleo, but I mean this way of eating, which would be most people would define as just stop eating crap, focus on, you know, real whole foods, whether it's all meat or meat plus fruit and vegetables, plus, you know, you know, whatever, you know, we can add dairy plus minus dairy right. plus minus nuts and seeds plus minus. What do you, what is your thought on the fact that, you know, maybe paleo is seen is past its time and it's right. time for something else. How does that endure and how do you guys deal with that particular aspect? Well, it's interesting you bring that up because three years ago, we had actually talked about rebranding uh, to what we didn't know. But at that point, three years ago, if you looked at the Google analytics and just about any analytics you could get your hands on, paleo was down. After a long period of rising, 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 it, was, it had reached a tipping point and it was starting to come over the other side of the hill. And we thought, huh, okay, well, maybe we need to rebrand. Maybe the label paleo is going to hamstring us now. It was, it was a help to us before. It's, maybe it's going to hamstring us now. Um, so we went through a long period of time. Number one, okay, rebrand, rebrand to what? We were trying to figure out, you know, what would be a new moniker that we could use. And we started talking to branding experts and people who we really, really trusted in that realm. And to a person, they told us, if you leave this brand now, you're crazy. You, what you need to do is own the, own the term, and then you can define it any way you want. And as, a, uh, as an old political science major from back in the day, that's exactly poli-sci 101. You create a term, and then you own it. Then you get to define the term. Whatever the term is, you get to define it. So although we didn't create the term paleo, 
we are now positioned to be in the, the bullhorn. We're the ones with the bullhorn. So we get to redefine what paleo is. And so we started the drumbeat, okay? We're going to keep the paleo brand. Now we have to define what it is. And we have defined it as a lifestyle, a human optimization lifestyle that is diet a part of that. Yeah, it's a part of it, but it's only a part. We look at human optimization being, if you're optimized, Sean and Zach, you would be looking at things like your mental fitness, your physical fitness, your emotional fitness, your spiritual fitness, your financial fitness, uh, your relational fitness, person to person, and your tribal fitness. What does your group look like as a whole? All of those are part of human optimization. And so we have redefined paleo and we continue to, to beat the drum on this, that it is a lifestyle composed of these seven pillars. And so far it's worked out. And, you know, will paleo keep being defined as a diet and a diet only? Maybe. Um, but if it's up to us, that moniker paleo will be shifted over to a thought of a lifestyle. Now, Vegans and vegetarians, I don't have a whole lot of use for, but they have marketed vegan, veganism and vegetarianism as a lifestyle, right? It's over and mm -hmm. above the diet. So when you think vegan, vegetarian, you have a picture in your mind. It's probably not a good picture, but you have a picture in your mind of what that is, and it's over and above the diet. We want the same for the paleo. So yeah. you know what that, I'm saying? Yeah, no, that's a really good point because I think like when – when I'm thinking about some of the problems that any type of nutritional plan or diet plan has is ultimately you get to this point where there's just too many confounding variables to really put right. a whole lot of weight onto it. Right. Or, yeah, or it's, um, or, you know, you get healthy user bias. Well, if you bring everything under the same umbrella, then in this, essentially you're just saying, well, this is the lifestyle that will lead to this result. So, you know, kind of hop in, uh, full bore and then those are the results you can expect. And I think that's a, maybe a little more cleaner and a little more easy for someone to understand and less likely for someone to get confused by it and say like, right. oh, well, was it really the fact that I started eating this instead of that? Or was it because I started, you know, getting out and going for a run in the morning or going to the gym in the afternoon or something like that? Right. And the answer is, yeah, there's all of those things. Put together, <laughs> yeah, all the above. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So that, you know, that was an interesting, uh, interesting period for us because, you know, we were kind of afloat at that time and we were going, well, what do we do? I mean, what do we do if that, if uh, no one's interested in the paleo diet anymore, what do we do? Well, our, our answer was we redefine what it is and create a lifestyle because that's, again, that's ultimately what everybody is interested in, right? At the end of the day, if you ask them, they might be fervent, uh, believers in keto, the carnivore diet, paleo diet, whatever, whatever diet it is. But if you peel back the layer, um, one more layer, what is it that you're really interested in? Well, I, human performance, for the most part, that's what they're looking for, right? They are looking to perform, look, feel, and perform better. That's it. Is diet a part of that? Yep, it's a part of it. But there's other things involved in, as well. So when you come to paleo FX, you might see Talks on, um, God, we've had every, uh, sexual health, uh, financial health, um, relational health. Um, you know, we've, we've been trying to get Sebastian Younger out. It just scheduling-wise, he hasn't been able to come out. But he's a guy who wrote Tribe. 
Mm-hmm. Right. It's a very, very important book. A book, by the way, I wish I had when I was in the military and thought I was batshit crazy for wanting to go back into theater when I was finally back home. Spend eight months on deployment, come home, only to be home for two weeks and wish you were back on deployment again. It's crazy. I thought I was absolutely batshit crazy at that time. Come to find out what is it that makes a one aspect of what makes a person feel whole is. Number one, I've got somebody's back, and number two, they've got my back. And when you're put in a situation where it's life or death, that means something, right? You come home to the U.S., you don't even know who your neighbors are. Now, it might be dangerous as hell on deployment, but I've got that feeling of tribe. And at that time, I could not define it. I had no idea what the deal was while I do now. So it's tribe. It's connectedness. Yeah, I think that's a very important aspect. And unfortunately, as we become more and more a digital society, it, it becomes these tribes become these. Right. You know, like I said, you know, you know more about somebody across the other side of the world than you do your next door neighbor in more cases <laughs> not. And so that's, right. that's, that's, it's a combination of, you know, sad, but interesting. And what, so let's just, for Pay the Effects 2020, what can people expect to find that to see? And uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, for people that haven't signed up yet, where, right. they can, where they can find out how to sign up and, and that sort of stuff. Well, it's a show like, like no other. And, and you know, uh, as I said before, Michelle and I went to conference after conference after conference, and we still do uh, because we like to keep an eye on, on what's going on in that realm. And we like to network with like-minded people. But it's a conference unlike anything you've ever been to. And, you know, we, we say it's uh, a health and wellness meets Burning Man. And it's really the vibe. And, you know, why do I compare it to Burning Man? Is because if you've ever been to Burning Man, there is a definite vibe there that is just elevated. I mean, when you're, when you're there and you're in that atmosphere, you don't realize it until you're there. And then you go, oh, I get it. I get it. This is why everybody comes here because the, the vibration is just lifted and it just, feels good. I mean, you can't define it, but it just, yes, this is where I need to be. This is my tribe. I'm enjoying this. Um, so there's that. And there's a community. When, when I said tribe, this is a one time of year. If you ask attendee after attendee, why is it that you come? Is it the information? Do you want to see this speaker, that speaker of which we have 120 ish um, speakers, you know, they'll say, yeah, that was great. This was great. This was great. But really, why I came here or I found out I came for the speakers, but now I know why I came here. It's tribe, man. It's rubbing elbows with like-minded people. That is what they come for. And so practically what you're going to see is five stages, um, a speaker on every stage on everything again, from sexual health to carnivore diet, to financial freedom, to whatever shamanism, uh, uh, you know, we're going to have speakers from MAPS this year. Um, we're talking about the use of psychedelics for treatment and PTSD, among other things. So all of those speakers, yes. Panels on every subject you can imagine, yes. Uh, movement sessions, uh, strength and conditioning, teaching and workshops. Um, on its or 10th Planet has their, um, their world uh, BJJ tournament that goes on at PaleoFX. On it's also putting on an Austin's Fittest competition during paleo fx this year that it is just so much going on it will boggle your freaking mind in fact the one complaint we get every year from attendees and i'll take michelle and i will take this every day there's too much going on i can't <laughs> see it all and we'll take that 
I mean, we're, we'll, you know, if that's a complaint we get, we'll, we'll take that. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot going on. It's all about human optimization. Don't let the, the term paleo put you off. Um, it is a, a human optimization conference. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to, to, to attending again this year and speaking. And, and right. uh, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, like I said, I enjoyed it. It was my first year last year. And I, you know, was was actually very impressed by, by what you guys had, had done. And, you know, it is a fun time. So I'll certainly echo that. And so um, just just for the record, how do people, do they go to paleofx.com or where's the best way to get tickets and, and yep. that sort of stuff? Yep, just go to paleofx.com. That's the easiest way. It's very easy to navigate. Uh, choose your uh, your ticket level. We have just you can just you can get an expo floor pass or a premier pass or a VIP level pass, and that's all explained about what you get for those those different rates. Um, yeah, that's the easiest way to go in. Um, I don't know exactly when this episode is going to air, but uh, but we do have a uh, a uh, premier badge uh, promotion going on and that's a contest um, so people can there's two grand prizes um, two premier badges each of the grand prize winners will get that and there's lots of subcategories of prizes that that people can get for for taking part in that contest so that's coming up uh, February 1st and that'll run for about two weeks um, and then after that man it's just we're getting ready for a big show it's gonna be fabulous again I say every year that I train all year for this event because I'll get about probably a total of six hours of sleep over four days. So, so, uh, yeah, I'm pretty beat up the Monday following paleo effects, but it's, it's all worth it. It is fabulous. And again, Michelle and I put on the show that we, that we would want to go to. And just how many volunteers and, and helpers do you have? Cause I know you can't do this by yourself. I mean, it, yeah, it, how many people does it take? So we'll have over a hundred volunteers going on. We have a, you know, a staff at Paleo FX. It's uh, 20 ish. Um, it fluctuates. It'll go a little bit higher as we bring on people full time right before the show. Um, hundred ish volunteers. It, and it takes coordination and I, I can't, thank our paleo FX team enough. They, we can't afford to pay them what they're worth. I'll just put it that way. They do this out of dedication and love for the show and passion. Really to, to a team member, we cannot pay them what they're worth. Yeah. And I, I certainly appreciate, you know, this, the events and the whole mindset. I, I, you know, I talk about the healthcare industry and I kind of, kind of rebranded, not rebranded, but my sort of take on that, I start to call it the disease, the disease management industry, because that's what we do. And it is. I think we have to do this, what I call health creation. I think that's what we're doing. Right. We, just need, we just need to quit making sick people. We need to make more healthy people. And what you are doing and some of the others in the, in the various different aspects of the community that are focusing on lifestyle are really doing that. And hopefully uh, enough people will see, you know, see the difference and see the people. These are the people that do this. And these are right. the people that just go to the doctor and get their pills. For, uh, Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, stronger, healthier people are harder to kill. Right. Yeah, I mean, true. and they're, and they're harder to control too. So yeah. and they're, harder want... to catch, they're harder to catch if there's like, like Zach. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> right. Right. So you want to be one of those people. You can't yeah. be killed and you can't be controlled. And yeah. You know, that, that is a scary person to mainstream society. Well, and that, and that unfortunately is where I think a lot of this is going. I mean, I, I see this huge plant-based movement really as a, as just a, a, 
you know, a distraction for what they really want to do is this pet food diet that we're going to be on this right. highly processed, highly supplemented, you know, highly profitable. And that's a the bottom line diet. Right. And, and that's, that's very sad. And I yep. think we all have to stand up together and fight against this is, you know, cause you know, I, whether we win or not, not is going is, is undetermined, but I mean, going down without a fight, you know, like they said, it's better to stand and fight than die on your knees, you know? And so, right. Right. So that's where we're at at this point. Well, thanks a bunch, Keith. It's been a real pleasure. I look forward to seeing you again in April. Uh, Zach, any last minute comments? I got to, I got to do another podcast guys. Sorry. <laughs> no, I think, I think that's it. It was, it was great to have you on Keith. Thanks for sharing all that, that info. And uh, we'll be looking forward to getting this one up. Sean, Zach, thanks a lot for having me on. I hope to see everybody in Austin, April 24th through the 26th. Come on out and have a good time with us. All right. Awesome. Thanks. Hey folks, Human Performance Outliers Podcast is growing and due to the growth, we are looking to take on some new sponsors. So if you feel like your company or organization would be a good fit for our audience, please do not hesitate to reach out to hpopodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Human Performance Outliers Podcast with hosts Dr. Sean Baker and Zach Bitter. If you enjoyed the show, please consider following us on social media and checking out our websites. Links to those can be found in the show notes. Also, if you have any questions or comments, please do not hesitate to shoot us an email at hpopodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for tuning into the show.